Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Real people doing real deals in real estate and no fake gurus allowed. We bring you the best and the most real real estate investors in the space. They'll be showing you the good, the bad, and the ugly of real estate investing. Like, share, subscribe, get notified. It's the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Welcome to the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. Today, we have Mr. Joel Condor, who comes from the DMV area, is doing fix and flips at a scale, making a ton of money in the real estate business, um, and he's, go- he's coming to tell us his journey and, and basically what he's doing. We did this episode in, sp- in, in Spanish a few weeks ago, um, so if you see this episode in English again... I'm wearing the same clothes. He's wearing the same clothes. It's because we did it the whole the same day. But uh, I wanted to catch Joel in Spanish and English because his Spanish is actually pretty good. And I love serving the Hispanic community. Um, we need more of us out there that that speak Spanish and, sure. and, and are immigrants and come from other countries and all that. Mm-hmm. And uh, just to better, you know, the whole Hispanic community. But anyhow, Joel, thank you so much for coming in. Thank you so much for uh, taking the time to bring your family with you and and uh, for you guys for uh, coming as well. Um, and and um, Thank you. Anyhow, who is Joel, man? Who is Joel Condor? Where do you come from? Yeah. What do you do? Social security number, that kind <laughs> of thing, right? Yeah, well, first of all, thank you, Ricardo, for bringing me on, man. You know, I know everybody. a lot of people watch the Real Estate Entrepreneur podcast. And, you know, I'm just very, very humbled to be here, man. Thank you very much. So, Joel Condor, man, who am I? Man, uh, I'm 27 years old. You know, um, I'm an immigrant from Peru. I came here when I was seven. My my parents came over here just like anybody else. And, you know, my mom worked McDonald's. My dad was a construction worker. He was a laborer at the beginning. And then, you know, thankfully he started scaling, right? So, you know, I used to play soccer at a young age. Uh, at 12 years old, I started traveling all over the world just playing soccer. I wasn't a pro yet. At 16 years old, I signed my first professional contract. Life was amazing. I also had a kid at 16. I had him here in the States. Wow. And then, um, you know, then I actually I went to Peru when I signed my contract. I started okay. playing over there. Started making good money for somebody that was 16 years old. You know, I was, I was making good money, man. Like, I started making, like, 2500 bucks a month. Then I went up to 5000 and it eventually got to $20,000 a month. Wow. You know, uh, obviously, as a young kid... You, you, you try to be like everybody else. You know, they spend a lot of money. I was doing the same thing, man. I didn't know how to manage my money at all. So I was spending a lot of it. Um, well, how are you spending the money? You, you were in Peru, right? Yeah. Was he just partying? Yeah, brother. It was just, um, you know, a lot of people, the people that I would hang out with, you know, they're people that, for example, are playing overseas as well. They were making more money. Like, I'm talking about, you know, like $100,000 a month, $200,000 a month. So they wouldn't have a problem spending like $15,000 in one night. Right. What happens is, you know, at a, uh, when I was younger, I just wanted to be like them. So I started doing the same thing, but I didn't realize that eventually, you know, money's actually hard to make. Yeah. Right? Well, it, you know, that, and you said that on the, on the Spanish uh, version of the podcast, it depends. Mm-hmm. It, uh, so number one, money's a tool, in my opinion. For sure. Uh, number two, money 
is going to be as easy or as hard as you make it. I agree. Why is that? Because I'll give you an example. Let's talk about your mother in a, in a second, right? I bet your mother was a hard worker, correct? She was, yeah. And and she was working at McDonald's. Yeah. Long shifts, making whatever she was making an hour at the time. Yeah. That was hard work, and that was a hard way to make the money. Right. But she was making money. I mean, she was providing for you guys. And when you were 16, you get a contract, and yeah. you're making 20 grand a month now. Now you're doing what you love doing, which is playing soccer, and you still love soccer. Yeah. Um, why is it that you make 20 grand a month playing soccer, something that you love, for you is easy? Yeah. Um, so that was the easy way to make money. But for your mother, was hard. Right. Right? Because and, and not that she didn't like the job or anything like that, but it was it was hard labor, man. You're in there standing up all day, yeah, sweaty. You know, come out smelling like French fries, you know. Yep. Now, you're coming out smelling like sweat, but it's because you were exercising. You were running from, from one place to another one. So you found a way to make money easy, which was doing what you loved. Right. Your mother didn't have the skills that you did, mm -hmm. of course, and there's no such thing as females making a lot of money on soccer unless they're on the national team or something like that, right? Right, right. Um, but she had to provide for you guys. Uh, are you uh, the only son, or do you, do you no. have brothers? So I have a I have a brother, a younger brother, and an older sister. Okay, I'm the middle child. Okay, yeah. so she had to provide for all three of you guys. So she had to do what she had to do. That's right. But yeah, that job was hard because you know you're standing up. Like I was in the navy, and that was hard labor as well. I bet. And I didn't make any money. Like we don't make more than somebody in McDonald's or. We just got benefits, right? And, right, right. That's and, how they hook you, man. Well, it's, indo <laughs> it's indoctrination. Yeah. So they want to keep you dependent on them. Mm -hmm. That way you never leave. Mm -hmm. That's what a lot of those jobs do, right? Um, you know, the military is like that. They brainwash you. They tell you you're not going to make it outside. You're better off here, blah, blah, blah. Anyhow, this is not about me. It's about you. Um, so I just wanted to say that because sometimes when we say money's hard to make, we're attracting that. Right. I agree. You know, um, and, uh, and this is more for the viewers or whoever is listening. You can make it as easy or as hard as you want to. You know, you just got to find that thing that you're passionate about. You're passionate about fixing flips now. I love it. Right. And now how is money coming to you? It's coming. It's coming. Right. Yeah. So it's not easy right. because there is a lot of moving parts that you have to deal with, which we're about to get in a minute, guys. Um, but it's it's uh, but it's not hard either. Right. You know, it's as hard as you wanted to make it. It's yeah. as hard as you wanted to make it. So, anyhow, you start hanging out with these big players, mm -hmm. you know, spending money, and then you had to come back to the U.S., correct? Right. For a custody uh, situation with your, with your son. Yes. And and then um, and then you had to get, leave the tr the team behind in, in Peru because you could not leave anymore. Yes. And you had to give up all your money that you had because you had to pay some fines. Yeah, it was. Uh, I broke the contract. So, you know, in any business, right, you break a contract, there's a fine. You got to pay for it. So it was based on the salary. And at the time, man, it was all I had pretty much. You know, I was left with $2,000 in my bank account. Wow. And, you know, at that time, I was, what, 19, 18 years old. And I just, I had to get a job, you know. I went from making that much money to working at a dealership, making eight fifty an hour. 
Right. You know, it, it hit me really hard at the beginning. I was... Why didn't you go back to playing soccer here locally? Could, you couldn't do that or... So there was a problem, you know, for those of you guys, for those people that are in this business and the soccer or like the athlete business is, it's not as simple as everybody sees it. You know, there's contracts involved, there's money involved, there's lawyers involved, there's a lot of things involved. And I wasn't able to just come over here. I mean, come over here and play. I had, a, I still had a contract over there. I signed for four years. So that means that four years, no matter, even if I broke the contract, it was a clause on there that... I had to. I was still part of them. They owned me for yeah, four years. Yeah, they could sell you if they yeah. wanted to, but you couldn't play for somebody else. No. So you know, unfortunately, you know. Well, fortunately, you know, I I I saw what how hard money was to make. You know, I started making eight fifty an hour. I worked really hard. I busted my butt, man. Like any job I had, I always tried to do the best I can. I don't care how much they were paying me. Right. I was just trying to do the best I could. I ended up getting three other jobs after that. Last job I had was I was collecting coins from coin operated machines that were washers and dryers, and I got fired from that job. Wow! You know, I that was the job that I think I made the most hourly, which was fifteen dollars an hour. That's that's the most I've ever made an hour. Wow! And you know, I got fired from that job, and you know, I told myself that I will never get fired from another job. You know, this is the first and last time I get fired. I didn't know what I was going to do. That happened to me when I was 35. Wow. I got laid off from my oil and gas business job that I had. Uh, I was a director at a company, actually a global pro line manager, making $250,000 a year. And one day they came in and said, hey, sorry, but we got to let you go. Wow. And everybody else on my team as well. Yeah. And I had to, like, literally, um, they give you a couple of boxes you can put your stuff in and walk out the building. Now, they did me right. So I can't complain about them because they 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 allow me to hang around the building for like an hour or so to say goodbye to some of my friends and all that. But in reality, I didn't want to hang out, man. I just want to get the hell out of there. Right. You already got me, so I'm out. And I remember when I got on my car um, going back home, my wife was pregnant with Maximo, who you met yesterday. Oh, yes, yes. Uh, she was pregnant with him. Um, I left that building, man. I got on the highway, and I had a Mercedes Benz. And I was hauling ass back home. I was like, man, I'm getting ready to go home. I'm going to go buy some liquor and party up because I have some friends over from Venezuela that came to visit. Wow. But I wasn't even thinking about the job. I was like, man, they let me go. I'll figure that out on Monday. But one thing that I thought of when I was driving was I will never be in this position ever again in my entire life, whether somebody dictates whether I make money or not. Right. I didn't know how I was going to make it. But I just said I just thought of that, right? And I said I'm going full time. I'm not gonna find me another job. I'm not gonna receive another uh, job offer or whatever. I'm gonna do something on my own, right? And I already knew how to do real estate because I had rentals and and I had done flips mm -hmm. on the side. So I was that passive guy that had a job, yeah. W two, but I was just doing things on the side, right? And I just said, you Nothing know what? I'm gonna fall back onto that. The, actually, I highly suggest. If you're employed, you have a W-2, you make good money, man, you start buying real estate on the side. Yeah. That's how I did it. I started in 2008 all the way to 2015. That's all I did. Buy real estate on the side, flip a house here, get some rentals there. You know, I did a lot of properties, though. Yeah. It, to me, it was kind of like having a full-time job. Yeah. Because I, I had two full-time jobs, my full-time job and the real estate job. That's right. That I created for myself. But I did it while I have security of a W-2. Right. Um, which is not the case for a lot of people. And this is what you're about to get into. But 
I um when when they told me that I just took a leap of faith on myself and I said I'm gonna make this work one way or another. Right. And I'm with it. And here we are. This is what we do full time now and, yeah. and, and I, I love it. Uh even though with all my ups and downs. Um but uh, anyhow, you went from coin laundry to becoming an agent now. Yeah, so how do you uh, how Why becoming an agent? I didn't ask you that question on, oh, on the yeah. last one. Like, So why became an agent, right? Uh, I needed to find a way. I had, remember, I got fired from my job, so right. I needed to find a way to make more money than $15 an hour. Right. And I didn't want to work for anybody else. Right. So I had to work for myself. The only other thing that was there that I, I saw at the moment was become an agent. Because when you're an agent, you pretty much are an in, independent contractor, you know? Right. So it, it would be up to me how much I make. And I, I liked that. You know, because that pushed me to, like, never give up, you know? So it's like, if it's up to me and only me, then it'll be my fault if I don't succeed. Got it. So, yeah, I became a realtor, man. It was super hard. I Like, you know, like we were talking about yesterday, I'm not a book guy, you know? It, it, it takes a while for me to retain things when I read. So I was reading a book this thick, man, of real estate every single day. Wow. 10 hours a day, man. I was just, I, I literally put a table in my living room and like this one, bro. And I would just be there for hours with a coffee, bro. And I don't even drink coffee. Like I, I pushed myself to the limit, man. I'm like, I'm going to get this. I'm going to do this. And I, I don't care how long it takes me. I took the test like 12 times, bro. Wow. You know, and, and I did it. By the way, I gave up coffee, man. I, I uh, <laughs> like for those of you that are watching this, I, you used to see me with my coffee mugs. I gave it up. I, 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 man, because I was addicted to it. Oh, man. You get addicted to coffee. And I was pumping coffee like crazy. I was drinking three or four mugs a day. Oh, yeah, that's crazy. And I got to the point to where I, I, I said, man, this is too much. Like, I shouldn't be drinking. And I don't drink with sugar or anything. It was straight black coffee. Wow. And I was like, man, I got to get rid of this. Like, And when I got COVID, I had, by the way, I had COVID for like two weeks That was a good time to give it up because I didn't really feel like drinking other anything other than water. Yeah. And it was a perfect two weeks. I cleaned it up out of my system. I didn't have any withdrawals. And if I did, it was probably the symptoms of COVID, you know? <laughs> like, so I didn't really because no people go through withdrawals, man. When they got when they quit drinking coffee, they start getting headaches. They start like getting grumpy. Me, I just gave it up. Now I was a little slow for a week. Yeah. I'm Actually, sure. and today when I left my my house, I forgot my cell phone, dude. Like, <laughs> I went like five minutes on my truck until I'm like, "Where's my cell phone?" Wow. And, and that's part of it, right? Like, yeah. you're not fully awake. Like, coffee yeah. wakes you up. So, right. but yeah, I gave up coffee. I may still drink a cup of coffee here and there, but not the not like four before. mugs that I was having, right? So, so you graduated. You took the test, passed mm -hmm. first time, right? No, 12 nope. times, man. I took the test 12 times. 12 times. 12 times. Every time you have to pay. I remember. Guys, if this guy can do this, you guys can do it. Yeah. Because <laughs> failing 12 times, that takes a lot of courage. Oh, yeah, man. I told myself, man, you don't understand. Like, it, I, was, I was not the smartest guy. How long did it take you to take those 12 tests? Like, Bro, it took me like six months. Okay, so because you, I know... After a certain amount of tests, they make you wait, right? No. So with real estate, with the real estate exam is if you don't take the test, for example, for like six months, then you'll have to do it all over again. Okay. You can go as many times as possible. There's two tests that you have to take, the national and the state test. Right. So I remember I passed the state test first, 
And then um, I was just pending the national test. So I would, I, I passed the state test like my fourth time. Okay. And it took me the rest of the times to pass the national. Okay. Wow. So I kept going and you had to pay for that, man. You got to remember, I wasn't making any money. Yeah, 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 yeah. So I give a shout out to my wife, man. My wife held it down. And you know we she she paid for all my, my 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 classes, bro. Like every single time you had to go over there, it was sixty dollars at the time. Sixty dollars was a lot of money for me, and you know thankfully she believed in me, and you know we made it happen. Wow! Shout out to the wife. Yes, <laughs> she made him. Uh, she pimped him out. You know? <laughs> She's like, you're gonna go get that test, and you're gonna pass that test, and then you're gonna get me a purse, okay? <laughs> Whenever you start making some good commissions, so. Anyhow, I'm just kidding here. Um, all right, so you passed after 12 times. You become an agent. And how did you start getting your listings? How did I start getting my listings? Man, it was hard. You know, at the beginning, it was just uh, word of mouth. I was just putting myself out there. I was telling people, hey, you know, I'm a realtor now. And, you know, slowly but surely, I was getting business. The first year didn't go too well. The second year, man, I, like, quadrupled my income just in real normal real estate. And I think it's because of the way that I talked, the way that I approached people. You know, I wasn't really after the sale. I was more like a, I was, I'm, a I'm a relationship guy. I'm not. I'm never after the sale. Yeah. So um, I figured out that relationships is everything. Right. You know? So thankfully, um, you know, slowly but surely, I was, you know, doing really good in real estate as a realtor. But then I started seeing, I started selling houses, right, that were fixed up. Flipped, yeah. Yeah, they were flipped. And at the time, I was like, well, I was looking at the HUDs, and I was like, well, this guy just made $70,000 in three months. How did he do that? What did he do? So I started doing a lot of, like, deep research, like, on my own at home, and I figured out that he flipped it. You know, I figured out that he bought the property three months ago, and it was messed up. I even saw the pictures, you know, and I was like, okay, this is a fix and flip. This is what it is, and this is how much money you can make. So then my light bulb turned on, Right. And I was like, well, this is what I need to get into. So, you know, I started, I started researching a lot about fix and flips, and I found my first property. Wow. So you bought your first property. Can you talk about the numbers real quick? Sure. So the first property, for those of you guys that don't know, we said it in Spanish. I got it off of a website, you know. Auction.com. Auction.com, yeah. you know. I got it for $162,000 and ended up selling it for two eighty five. dollars uh, that profit was like 70 something, you know, $70,000. And that changed my life. Yeah. You know, I was like, if this is what it is, then I have to keep finding more houses. At the beginning, I struggled. I didn't know how to find any other houses. The only, the only way I could find houses was online. So I started uh, doing a little bit more research. I started finding out that there was wholesalers out there. So then I was like, well, if wholesalers are finding properties, then I need, to, I need to figure out how to acquire properties, too. So I started going to a lot of wholesale events. I started going to a lot of just everything, you know, anything that had to do with wholesaling, I would be there just to figure out how they do it, you know. I educated myself. I paid a lot of money and, on education. Yes. And, and, you know, I encourage everyone to do that, you know, because I believe that, that was, that's what got me to where I am today. Yeah, most people have a scarcity mentality and they don't want to pay education because they think it's garbage or whatnot. I used to be like that, by the way. Oh, like too. when I first started, I was like, man, well, I'm not going to pay that guy. I can figure this out on my own. Now I'm happy to pay anybody just so they can give me the shortcut. That's right. It was a shortcut. This is that, okay. This is the roadmap. That's all I need to do. Yes, that's all you need to do. Perfect. Completely worth it. 
Because in real estate, or I believe in any business, you're going to pay for the education one way or another. I agree. You're either going to pay with formal education or you're going to pay with mistakes. There you go. Right? Mm-hmm. Or you're going to pay the streets. I pay the streets. <laughs> I Like, literally, I remember when the AC guy took my check and I never saw him again. And there was no AC put on that on that on that first flip that I did. Wow! Uh, yeah, it was that's, that's it was crazy. it was a nightmare, dude. Most of the thugs showed up on my neighborhood because I didn't have a father that was a contractor or anything like that. Right. I I was I was the guy, you know, and yeah. and they took a lot of advantage of me on that first deal. Then I had another contractor that um, we've done a lot of flips together already. And one day I gave him an advance of fifty thousand dollars to go and 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 buy materials for three flips that we had, and I never saw him again. So actually, I did see him again later on, like twelve years later. His his eyes almost fell out, and I said, "Don't worry about it. I already forgave you." But <laughs> yeah, I mean, what can you do? That's right. That's you right. know, like <clears throat> you already did what you did. I'm not gonna kill the guy and go to jail. Yeah, it's you not know, I get obviously he needed the money more than I did. So, um, <clears throat> anyhow, seventy thousand dollars on a flip, and now you start networking with people, wholesalers, agents. Everything. Pocket listings. That's that's that was your thing. Driving for dollars. You did some driving for dollars as well. For sure. Um, and then um, and then what? Like what else? So I figured out what it was to acquire property. You know, at the beginning, all I wanted to do was fix and flip. Right. But I had to educate myself and learning how to acquire these properties. You know, so I started, like I said, networking with a lot of wholesalers. You know, and now I'm their number one buyer. Everybody in my area knows who I am. They know me as the number one cash buyer. Wow. I'm 27 years old, but I'm the number one. Like, I see myself as the number one, too. And, you know, I humbly say that, though, you know? Like, yeah. uh, the reason why I'm their number one, there's just one thing that differentiates me from the others is that I tell them that I'll give them an answer within 10 minutes whether I'm going to buy it or not. Right. So they waste no time, you know? They get a property under contract, and they send it to me. If, I, if they don't hear from me in 10 minutes, they go ahead and sell it to somebody else, you know? They waste no time doing that. And that's what I tell them, you know? Like, if I don't get back to you in 10 minutes, please sell it to somebody else. You need to make your money. Yes. That's good. You're being up front. Um, so how many fix and flips have you done since you started until now? Um, about 100 or more. 100 or more. That's right. Yeah. And your average per fix and flip is how much? Average profit or average homes a month? No, profit. Profit, like I said in Spanish, um... I don't try to make less than $35,000. So your minimum is thirty five grand, And that is worst scenario, you know? Right. Yeah. Worst case. And and um, so thirty five grand worst case scenario. You've done over 100 properties. Now, what is your average if on the 100 properties? Like, what do you think the average profit oh. would be? Uh, 50,000. 50. Mm-hmm. Okay, so you've made over 5 million bucks already. Yeah. Um, since you started uh, fixing and flipping, and this year you're gonna crush that number because you you you're doing more projects now. Oh yeah, yeah. How many projects are you handling right now? Four pro- properties right now, fix and flip right now. So let's talk about the basics of a f- fix and flip for Joel. What is it that you look for on on a property that you buy, and also tell me what is the process for you to rehab the property? Like, what is the first thing you do and the last thing you do? So the first thing I do is look at location, and then I look at the numbers, right? Those are the two most important things for me because location, why? I want to see how hot the market is, you know? I got to see if the property I'm going to purchase before I purchase it is going to sell, and it's not going to sit on the market. 
The second thing that I look for are the numbers. I do the numbers. I have to make a minimum of $35,000 on every single flip, worst scenario. And when I mean worst scenario, I mean if there's a septic tank in the property, I'm calculating that we're going to change the whole septic system, you know? Like worst scenarios. If the worst scenario works for me, I get it. People lie, numbers don't. Mm -hmm. So that's what I go based off of. Now, what do I do throughout the process? Once I, once I acquire the property, have a, you know, I close on the property and the property's mine, then I go ahead, but a week before I sign the papers and I know I'm going to buy the property at closing, but a week before closing, my GCR is already scheduled to go ahead and work on the property. So for example, uh, let's say I have a closing this Friday. At, I always uh, schedule my closings in the morning, 9 or 10 a.m., the reason I do that is because I tell my GC that, hey, I'm closing on this property at 9. At 9.30, you guys should be starting on the job. So I waste no time, especially if I have a hard money lender involved, a private money lender involved. I waste no time. As soon as I close, 30 minutes later, they're already working. Good. So, and, okay, you closed on the property. What is the process now that you follow to fix the property? To fix it up? Yeah, what is the first thing you fix? And, and oh, okay. What kind of, like, what is your sequence? Okay, so first, you know, we go ahead. Obviously, I'm not a contractor. The GC takes care of all of right. this. I just know what's going on in the property every day. Right. We start from top to bottom. Okay. You know, I know, like you said, you in Houston, you guys start from the bottom to the top. Yeah. So it's kind of like reverse. But uh, over there, it's from top to bottom. We need to fix the roof, fix, you know, fix the roof, and then so on and so forth. Uh, I believe that the... The reason why I'm able to handle so many properties is because I get daily updates. You know, I know what's going, what's happening every day, and I know what's happening every week. So we have goals. You know, every property is the same. You know, we use the same type of floor, same type of paint. We don't switch anything. I also have a storage, you know, and when there's a back order, I don't have a problem because we already have inventory in our storage. So um, that's how I'm able to manage all these properties, and that's pretty much how we do our fix and flips. There's no secret to it. It's pretty simple. Right. Now, um, so you fix the roof first. Then you, you told me last night that you try not to mess too much without the exterior of the property. Yes. Yeah. So the reason why, right, there's two reasons. Um, and, you know, I'm not, I'm not a lawyer, right, or anything like that, no legal advice. But when you change the exterior of a property and you're near the county, right, the county can come and they can stop the job you can get a stop work order right and for the fix and flippers out there that does that's no good yeah. you know it sucks it holds your project right. so when you do exterior changes like you're adding a porch or um, you're just uh, yeah mostly adding a porch or anything out structural outside the county's going to come and get you you know and going to yeah. knock the door now if they see that you're doing work inside they're going to ask for permits for everything yeah you know and i try to avoid that right I try to avoid that. So I try not to do that much outside. I, you can change siding without permits, you know. You can, you can change windows, but you can't add anything structurally outside right. the house. You right. know, it'll, it'll, not only, not only it'll, it'll cause attention, you know. Your neighbors can snitch on you. You know, anything can happen. Yeah. So I tr when I get a property, I try to make sure. Well, my contractors already know this, right? The crew already knows this. They try not to do anything outside. We try to do the work. Without anyone knowing that we're doing anything, you know, you don't need any type of uh, permits to do cosmetic work, you know. Right, right, yeah, painting and things like that, you know. Painting floor. Unless you're messing around with electrical, 
plumbing, uh, then you need permits. Correct. Uh, but you, some of us get away without them sometimes. That's why right? I said I'm not like, a lawyer and this right. is not legal <laughs> advice. <laughs> yeah, like, you know, it's, I, I've always said I'd rather say I'm sorry than ask for permission. But, um, you know, we, um, we we do a lot of changes as well. That Now, if we're going to replace all the all the hot and cold water, yeah, we're going to pull a permit, you know, because yeah. it, it, it's just the cost of the inspector. We want to use licensed plumbers as well, you know. We don't right, want right. to use some guy that is going to throw the lines that – are not the right, you Correct. know, material or whatnot. Same thing with the electrical. You know, you sell that property and electrical is not up to par, then the, it, there's there might be a problem coming down the road. So Correct. might get sued or something like that. But if I got, hey, electrical permit was pulled, it was all done up to code, not my fault your rats ate the freaking right. cables on the on the uh, attic, you know? Like, it happened to me at one time. I had a house that burned down. Wow. And it was a rat, uh, was a rat that chew on the on the on the electrical cable and then the electrical cable got hot and it, it, and it was touching like the wood or something and boom wow. next thing you know the house is on fire That's so crazy. yeah that was a rental we had but okay so so that's your process um from top to bottom and then managing your your contractors is daily updates that's the most important thing you know you got to have a good contractor you got to have a good crew out there. Do you actually stop by the properties on a daily basis or? Not on a daily basis. Um, I stop by the property maybe. It depends on what property, is, if it's close to me, if it's not. So the thing is, why do I get up daily updates? If it's too far for me and I'm busy trying to acquire other properties, then I don't have time to go there every single day. Right. right. So that's why we get up daily updates. I know exactly what's happening in all my houses right now. Right, right, right. So that's why it's important. Good. So, but you also do wholesaling. Yeah. I, I, you know, I wholesale here and there, you yeah. know, but like I mostly focus on fix and flip. Yeah. Wholesaling is kind of like for you is something that happens because some properties you don't keep, you just toss yeah. them to somebody else and yeah. make a little assignment and, mm -hmm. and, and it adds up to the pot. It's just, I, I consider it as like another source of income. That's good. Guys, Joel is going to be on the real estate entrepreneurs event in mastermind October 21st through the 24th in Miami, Florida. At the JW Marriott, you want to go to re3mastermind.com. Make sure you get your tickets. Um, we're going to be hanging out in in the whole weekend there. We're going out on boats and, and, and having all kinds of fun. So if you guys want to meet Joel face-to-face, -face, come to the Mastermind. Uh, make sure you reach out to him, shake his hand, and he'll be more than happy to show you the ways. You're coming up with a education program as well. Um, Oh, yes. In yes. about three months, right? In about three months, yeah. You know, I'm getting out. It's just, the demand has been so, so much, man. You know, I get 30 to 40 messages a day. And, you know, the demand made me create a course, man. I want to help people. Right. So it's going to come out in about three months. That's good. Guys, don't forget to hit share, like, and subscribe. Look up Joel Condor on Instagram and Facebook. Hit him up. Tell him, hey, I saw you at the Real Estate Entrepreneurs Podcast. I want to know more about you. I want you to teach me. I want you to show me how to do Fix and flips. See, this guy's making all kinds of money, man. He, you say you this year you'll probably get to $4 million in, in, in revenue. Yeah. So that's big money. $4 million is life-changing. You see, the universe took you away from soccer but put you in real estate. Right, man. That's uh, crazy. And I don't know if you will be making $4 million right now playing soccer, you know. I don't know. You I never know. So. I don't know. <laughs> but you're doing it, uh, you know, in real estate. So. You found a new passion, and uh, I'm, I'm happy to have you here, bro. Thank you so much for Thank coming you, bro. in. Appreciate it. I'll see you in the next one, guys.